Earth has a singular planet. In fact, it is anything but. For this is a story not of a universe, but a multiverse. Where universes and planets, such as Earth, were replicated and mirrored across a vibrating, infinite plane. Some barely different from the next. Others drastically so. This is DC On Screen. Every week, Dave and Jason talk about the multiverse of DC properties on film and television. But be warned, if it's been officially released, you can expect they'll spoil it. Welcome into DC On Screen, episode 459. I am your host, David C. Robertson. This, back in the uh, passenger seat, my co-host, Jason Goss. I'm back, baby. We had a little kerfuffle last week, as you guys know. Computer go boom. Uh, yeah. As I understand it, you have a beast on your hands, though, now, that you've procured by probably some, I don't know, illegal Painful? means. Painful method? Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. I thought illegal. No, no, this is a legitimate uh, thing, but it hurt. Okay. It hurt. What are you going to do? But I wanted to be back like, this week, so I had to spend the money. <laughs> I like to imagine you as sort of a corporal clinger type, you know, like doing backhanded deals. You scratch my back, I scratch yours. Mm-mm. No, no. I wanted to be sure this Tw- time. Twirling yon mustache. This is a um, this was a no tomfoolery mm. operation. Well, good. Uh, good to have you back, buddy. Um, oh, thanks. You know, I don't feel like. I ever lost you because we actually recorded last week's episode. <laughs> we we did actually record it, and then that was suddenly gone, and there was uh-huh. a lot of verbalization of my anger and frustration about that mm-hmm. around my household. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, a lot of thanks to Matt Carroll over the MCU cast, the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. He came on. He was a, a decent bloke. He did a good job. Uh, did it on short notice, so much thanks to him. Fair enough. Um... But it's good to have you back. Not a lot of news this week, though. I know. I don't feel like I came back for much. <laughs> but well, hey, there, there's some cool I mean, stuff. There's some cool stuff. Yeah. This wasn't like uh, a groundbreaking Comic-Con event. It was, um, it, it looked like sprinkles. Mm-hmm. Uh, right out of the gate, though, Shazam news. Big Shazam news. Exciting Shazam news. Excellent. Mark Strong. Mark Strong. Confirmed. He says, I'm playing an evil bastard called Dr. Savannah. Oh, they're not even going to make us like hang out and wait on who? They're just like, no. nope, nope, that's me. He says, they're always the best characters to play, the most fun. I was Sinestro in Green Lantern, mm-hmm. which I thought was a rather good film, but it mm-hmm. didn't do what they wanted. So I feel like I've got unfinished business in the DC world. I played a pretty evil character in that, and he was meant to get even worse in the second one, but that never happened. But I think I'm going to get the chance to do that in Shazam. I hope so. That would be nice. Now, he did comment on the intense amount of secrecy with which the Shazam script is being handled. Uh, He says, uh, if you stop reading the script for 20 seconds, then the whole thing goes fuzzy and you have to start again. (laughs) Um, Everything is watermarked and traceable, too. Mm -hmm. He also said that I've been training like a madman. I'm about to go over and see the stunt guys. I've been trying all of these harnesses on. I think I'm going to be doing lots of flying around and firing electricity out of my hands. Oh, that's okay. Cool. Yeah. I mean, it kind of sounds like it might be closer to the new 52 version of Dr. Savannah. They're going mech suit with him. Well, I don't, I don't know about a mech suit, but you know, he got like shot in the eye with magic and he could see oh, magic and stuff. You yeah. Know? Gotcha. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. Nope. That works for me. I like the guy. He was really, I don't I, I actually liked him in Green Liner. 
I did too. He wasn't the thing that ruined this movie. No. And, uh, you know, he also mentions, though, that um, something that Zachary Levi was talking about and has talked about, about it being sort of like uh, a superhero version of Big. Mm -hmm. Uh, Strong says, it's a funny film. It's about a young boy who can become a superhero but still remains a young boy. So there's elements of Big. There's elements of Stranger Things. I think originally the comic outsold Superman in the 1940s. You're correct. That is true. Um. So, <laughs> why do you think it made it over to this property? <laughs> you know, I think in the New Fifty Two they did a bit where like Savannah go or Savannah goes to uh, he winds up going to uh, oh what's it called what's it called I'm, I'm I'm losing it I'm not the biggest Shazam guy um, I don't know I I'm the place where the wizard is what is Rock it called of Eternity Rock of Eternity and he goes there and he meets Mister Mind and I I I hope we get Mister Mind in this that'd be great. <laughs> You know minimally there's going to be, like, some shot of a worm somewhere, right? <laughs> I would hope. Just a little Easter egg. You know, in the comics, though, Mr. Mind, like, it turns out that he was just in, like, the larva stage the whole time. Then he became, like, a, you know, like a world-eating, multiverse, yeah, yeah, time-traveling moth or something. Tachyon-based <laughs> butterfly, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That blue, so. like, uh, sorry, that Booster Gold of all people is somehow in charge of tacking down. Yeah. I recall as much. Yeah, that, that's good stuff. But uh, yeah, that's exciting. I'm I'm excited about all of that. Yeah, no, that's good news. Yeah, over to uh, Suicide Squad Two. Apparently, it's getting a new pro- uh, new producer, um, Mike DeLuca. Michael DeLuca, according to Variety, is joining Charles Roven as a producer on Suicide Squad Two. Now, everyone, I, I keep hearing all these different takes on how good or bad this is based on what uh, Mike's produced before. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I personally think a lot of his movies have been crap. But honestly, I've loved a whole lot of his stuff, too. Like, I've loved a lot of stuff he's worked on uh, as a producer or an executive producer. Uh, so ultimately, I'm on board. Dude has a long history of memorable films under his belt. And, uh, you know, I mean, it's huge. But here's a small sampling of some of the good and the bad. And I'm not going to tell you which ones it is. I'm just going to let you guys decide. <laughs> um, Fifty Shades of Grey series. Mm-hmm. Captain Phillips. Mm-hmm. Dracula Untold. <laughs> Moneyball. Mm-hmm. Fright Night. Mm-hmm. Priest. All right, then. Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance. It's And Ghost Rider. Uh, frightening that he came back for the Spirit of Vengeance, but whatever. <laughs> the Social Network. Yay! Which I really liked. Yeah, it was good. Uh, Moneyball, by Brothers. the Brothers. Yeah, Moneyball's Great a good one. film, even if you don't like baseball. I haven't seen Captain Phillips, but I hear great things. It's Tom Hanks. I, I will see it eventually. Yeah. Um, Brothers, I thought that was a fantastic film. I don't uh, think I know that one. Oh, uh, that's uh, Tobey Maguire and um, um, Gyllenhaal. Mm, gotcha. And Natalie Portman. Very good movie. Mm-hmm. Um, 21, which I never saw. Yeah, I don't know about that one. Decent little action summer flick thing. Zathura, A Space Adventure, which I seem to remember was trying to cash in on Jum- Jumanji, the old one. Yeah. Uh, Blade 2, which was actually pretty good. Guillermo del Toro. A Man Apart. John Q. In a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was okay. Uh, John Q was was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Blow. That was pretty good. That's, yeah, memorable movie. Uh, National Lampoon's Loaded Weapon 1. A classic for, for my childhood. Fair enough. The Mask. How do you not love The Mask? I, it's, I mean, it's still, uh, still close to my heart. Freddy's Dead, The Final Nightmare. I'm not much for the horror genre, so I don't know about that one. Uh, Boogie Nights, 
which I hear is pretty good. I still haven't seen that one. Never did get around to it, but I hear it's a classic. Dark City, which I remember as being pretty good. Lost in Space, which I remember as being underrated. <laughs> Fantastic film. American History X. Oh, God. Yeah, that's uh, crucial. Crucial um, piece of film. Yeah. Now, hugely divisive film, Magnolia. Yes. That was not a crucial piece of film. Um, Little Nicky. Okay. <laughs> Actually, by the way, I liked Magnolia. Uh, <laughs> Life is a House. I liked that one. That was good. Uh, I am Sam. That was a pretty good one. Yeah. I love. I left the best slash worst for last. Shoot. Run, Ronnie, run. Oh. <laughs> oh. Even. Oh. Yeah, I saved that one for last for yeah, you. Yeah, even Bob and David walked away from that one. Mm-hmm. So make that was a that Mr. Show no no. Yeah, like it, that was one of those where they they had an idea, it didn't work out. They looked at it and went, none of this works, we've got to fix it, and everyone went, no, you don't have time, Mm-mm, we're not doing that. <laughs> and they kind of said, okay, well, we're not going to work on it anymore, and they went, ah, we're going to put it out anyway. Like, uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I think I just summed up what was probably about a year of post-production yeah. as best I could. Did you mention Judge Dredd? Because I found that in, in a quick look around. I, you know, I didn't. I didn't see it. I didn't, uh, I just kind of glanced through and wrote down the ones that like I knew were either bad or good. All the others I didn't really pay attention to. And I may have just missed Judge Dredd. Um, uh, I want to point out two that I just saw when I looked him up. Which one? Is it the new one or the old one? Oh, the 95 Sal- Stallone okay. vehicle. Yeah. All right. So the bad one. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> The bad classic. Yeah. Okay. I want to also, did you mention the 50 Grades of, Jace, uh, of 50 Shades of Grey series? Because he is apparently on that one. Yeah. I did. I okay. mentioned it the very first one. Thank you. For, um, very first one I mentioned. I was looking at his for name as you did that. Uh, <laughs> the one that I really want to point out. Uh-huh. The Love Guru. Oh, yeah. I meant to write that one down and I didn't. Which, you know, not the worst movie ever. It's basically just wrote Mike Myers. Just yes. like, let's yes. do Austin Powers without doing Austin Powers. Correct. Um, if you like the Austin Powers movies, which I do, you're going to find it a little old hat, but you're still going to laugh. Um, <laughs> it's despite yourself, you're still gonna laugh at some of that stupid crap. Um, that's one of those know, movies which is where, a, like just take it for what it's worth and move on with your day. You know, the most disappointing thing about it, and maybe he has time to fix it. He does, but at a certain point, I thought Mike Myers was like the next Peter Sellers. Could have been. Could have been. So could have Dana Carvey though. Oh, oh, Dana. He's still funny. <laughs> the last special are. he did was pretty, pretty damn good, actually. <laughs> they both are really still funny. <laughs> Mike Myers, I haven't heard. I don't know, man. I, I, I'm, I'm sure no one just. Oh, he did Hedwig, Hedwig and the Angry Inch. That is a strange little creature, but it was, it was a interesting little movie. Who is this? You talking about Deluca? Deluca. Yeah. Okay. I, I haven't seen that. Scrolling but... as I was mindlessly talking. All right. Or mindlessly talking while I'm scrolling, or mindlessly scrolling while I'm talking. I don't know the difference anymore. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, everybody says Mike Myers like. Fell off the map because he's not popular anymore, but that's just not true. I mean, he's been, he's done like Shrek movies and also he like kind of stepped away to be a dad. Yeah, he did. Fault him for that. He did plenty. He just didn't feel like doing all the other crap anymore. That's fine. Yeah. I mean, now he's coming back with some kind of weird thing, but I don't really get it. Can't really wrap my mind around it so far. Sort of like the, uh, you remember Jiminy Glick Mm -hmm. that Martin Short did? Mm -hmm. Sort of like that. Like where he's doing like a game show, but he's not doing it as himself. He's doing it as some sort of like other character. This. Oh my. I don't know. Okay. One day I'd like to yeah. see the real Mike Myers. 
that's where I sort of fell off for, with with Martin Short and was like, what, what are you doing now? Uh, you know what? Never mind. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> I think we all saw the all cracks right. in in that armor when like Comedy Central started airing over and over again that like I married an axe murderer movie. Uh huh. And we all kind of went, hmm, hmm. I think there's uh, I think there's an expiration date on his career. I, you know, I didn't feel that way at the time. I felt, uh, you know, Comedy Central just aired it a lot because they didn't have the rights to a lot of things at that time. Yeah, they just milk it if they've got a guy that's form, uh, performing well on their station. But I, I kind of thought, like, if that's the thing they're going back for, I don't know. I don't. It, yeah, it I felt don't think they ab- had a choice. It felt albatrossy at the time for me. Hmm. But you know, Mike Myers is like a multimillionaire. He's still around. So. Extremely I successful person. That's a really yeah. nice guy. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't say his career is over. Oh, by no means. By no means, good sir. <laughs> <laughs> all right so uh jet Raimi over on batman on film i know a lot of people have a problem with the guy i haven't always been a big fan we've had we have our disagreements uh he's really super 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 negative on on a lot of the dceu stuff uh but um you know that's his opinion you know go the the dude way well right. yeah like that's just like your opinion man right um he says that a friend of Batman on film claims that Matt Reeves' Batman film will be its own thing, unconnected to the DCEU, that it might be under the new banner that people keep talking about and is purported to be happening with the Scorsese Joker film, if that even happens. Uh, this person also mentions that there's a small chance that Ben Affleck will be uh, will get a last hurrah in Flashpoint if it gets made, or a Suicide Squad 2. Again, that's all rumor. Even he said, hey, this is all rumor. Can I give you the Vegas odds? I don't know what that means. I'm not a gambler, but go ahead. It's one in blah, 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 blah. All right. I'm just now calling that like numerical shorthand for, oh my God. Oh my God. Which part do you think is whatever you just said? I've got a guy on the inside and I don't know if Matt Reeves is Batman is blah, blah, blah. And then, well, they might get a last hurrah on this film that doesn't even have a plan or a freaking director or a, a script that's really close to all there and and that's probably going to be a thing that blah 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 just so much conjecture what, what are you saying doesn't have a director or a script i'm sorry flashpoint oh flashpoint yeah i mean because suicide squad 2 is doing it. gavin o'connor is writing and directing yeah they've, they've got you know part of the structure is there for that yeah. but like going ahead to like well flashpoint blah, blah, blah. Bright even says that will smith margot robbie and jared letter are coming back so I'd love to see that. I'd love to see all of that. But I'm yeah. still saying for now, one divided by blah, yeah. blah, 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 blah. Flashpoint, who knows? I mean, any of this is still pretty up in the air with right. DC, you know. Uh, speaking of up in the air and probably not happening, um, Joe Morton. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Joe Morton. Uh, discussing the Cyborg movie, he says, From what I understand, there will be a Cyborg movie. It will be about him and I, and about the family that he came from, how he becomes a cyborg, etc. But from whence he came as well. Um, and he said all that before. He says, I think it's very exciting. I think it's exciting because there aren't that many, if any, black superheroes, which... Turn on your TV tomorrow. I mean, Black Panther is like the most anticipated movie, Marvel film ever. It's got the most uh, pre-orders of any Marvel film ever. No, I mean, he's still uh, right. Proportionally, right. this is way off. Yes, but proportionally way off. But there's some stuff coming in the future that's like, right? take a look at this. This is looking really good. I mean, seriously, turn on TV tomorrow. Well, today, by the this time we actually get today. this thing out. <laughs> yeah. I think it's Tuesday night, the Black Lightning's supposed to premiere. Because uh, okay. it's taking the place of Legends. So I don't know. 
Um, for us try. tomorrow, for probably anyone listening tonight, and for anyone who's listening in the future, Hulu? Um, or no, CW? So Yeah, that would be it. Yeah, uh, there's some exciting stuff happening in that direction. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm just... Oh, God, I want to see Black Panther. Yeah. I go along with that. There are, yeah. Me too, actually. Uh, I, I'll go along with there aren't that many, but any? Mm, yeah. You got to you gotta open your eyes, buddy. You're in the business now. <laughs> <laughs> no, the number the number is still not representative, but there's right. some good stuff happening. Um, but yeah. Uh, he says, in this case particular, because there's no alias, uh, because there's nothing for him to hide behind, cyborg that is, and that he has to be who he is all the time. I think it's a great kind of allegory for what it means to be black in this country. That is a very cool idea. That's a very cool way for it to go about, uh, for them to go about it. Yeah, great thing. Uh, for them to, to present it. I like great it. Great uh I, I, you know, I, <laughs> Warner Brothers isn't announcing it and they're not commenting on whether or not it's coming. So, yeah. It's, who knows? Yeah. It's still in blah, blah, blah land. And speaking of who knows, David Goyer was talking to IGN during the Television Critics Association press tour. Mm. Uh, he says Green Lantern Corps is still in the works. He says, when asked uh, when we can expect some sort of update on the film, he says, I don't know. Who knows, especially with what's currently going on with the DC Universe. There's obviously a whole recalibration happening with that right now. He says, so. obviously, in a way where like I don't feel like he has a good parking spot. Or a good enough parking <laughs> spot where I'm like, yeah, I trust him. Uh, he's right. he's inside. I get it. Uh huh. Goyer always like meets everything with this like sense of snideness that I just don't really understand or appreciate. You yeah. know what I mean? And like that is to some. It's extent, like he's ashamed that he's working on comic books. Yeah, I've gotten that hint sometimes where it feels, but other times I feel like he's super excited about the material. So I don't know, and I, I just I don't know how to take him some days. And like when you take all of the material that he's put out and how much I liked it, I, I just. I'm not super on board with the guy, is, is what it amounts to. I know. Me either. So, when I hear him talk, I, I just... I Honestly, I just kind of brace myself and think, alright, what do you got? Yeah. It's just going to be that way. Sorry. I have I have some biases. I try to look past them, but I have some biases here. I do too. Alright, on over to some feedback. Uh, <laughs> uh, Brentac Prime, over <laughs> from the Fans Without Borders podcast, says, uh, this is Brent Clark, guy who hasn't seen Firefly. Mm, yes. Uh, <laughs> he says at DC on screen, your latest episode, you talk about radioactive by Imagine Dragons and how it should be a comic in a comic book movie. Uh, it was in episode 122 of Arrow when Tommy, looking through the window, sees Laurel and Ollie about to have sex. Yeah. I didn't remember that. I didn't either. I'm willing to trust him. It seems like a very specific memory. Oh, yeah. You know, he knows. He watches that stuff over and over again. That's fine. Um,. But I like that you pointed out that um, he could use those powers for a greater good. <laughs> yeah, memorizing Firefly. Right. <laughs> I never know what you see anymore. I don't like l- learning Twitter and stuff, and I just top in, pop out. over, and you know things. And there are like days at a time where I don't have time to check any social media, and then there's. You know, a three-hour gap where I have time to just catch up on the entire thing. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know. Yeah. It's a mystery. It's it's wild. It's a ride. All right. Matthew Salvatore, upon listening to the uh, last episode with Matt, says, uh, Great episode. Definitely helped me get through a long day at work. Well, glad glad to help, man. Glad to help. Sorry I couldn't. I know. It was a sad day. I tried. I was very frustrated about the fact that I couldn't. He was. And sadly, I think that file is still on that hard drive. 
<laughs> Maybe if we ever get Patreon up and running, we can release it as like do, a weird the original reality. Yeah. 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 I think I can still get to it, but I'm still <laughs> gathering supplies in order to get to it. Uh-huh. I don't keep stuff around like I used to to actually fix computers. I, I like I actually have to go find things now that I used to just keep around. Yeah. It's uh, a different day. You've grown soft. Right. <laughs> Yeah. All right, so we're going to pop over to the DCTV news. Uh, up first on the block, new Jerome photos for Gotham. Uh, EP Danny Cannon took to Instagram to show some new pictures of fan favorite Jerome. Presumably that means Gotham will get a return date eventually. Uh, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Right, I'm going uh, to check, check the best source mm-hmm. real quick. TV time? No, I've checked TV time. I'm oh. sorry, I meant the best source that I haven't already checked. Because they were down earlier when I happened to try it. Okay. And nothing. Nothing. Okay. Whenever it comes back, it will be called Pieces of a Broken Mirror. I'm Uh giving the next five episode titles, but no one knows when they're airing. Uh It's really weird. Yeah. I. It has got to have something to do with that new, like, the four Fox show thing. It has to, somehow. The what? Uh, It's the four or the final, whatever. Like, instead of doing all the America's got talent or the the voice or whatever they do they like instead of all the um auditions and all that crap they just skipped right to like these are the four and we're gonna have them do this i I don't i don't know how that's gonna play out oh okay as far as when it needs to air and everything but it just it has to be interrupting it somehow what What? i saw that trending on twitter and i got really excited because i thought it was like the fantastic four and then it wasn't no uh, so i ignored it no yeah because it has like a big blue four at the end of it and the hashtag surely it's when is that airing? Let's find out. The four battle for stardom Thursdays on Fox. Like it's been <laughs> so disruptive that I keep wondering if they're just. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how that's hmm. supposed to work. Oh well. Uh, and I'm veteran refusing oh. to watch that show to actually get any further information. So. Oh yeah, I'm not. Yeah, it's not gonna oh, happen. I'm gonna watch that. No. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I have limitations. <laughs> it's never gonna happen. I understand. <laughs> May I continue on with the news? Absolutely good, sir. <laughs> Veteran Fibber, Mark Guggenheim, talked about plans for the inevitable uh, crossover event in 2018. Guggenheim says, We know that the crossovers are a fact of life. I do think that there's a big desire on the part of all of us, as well as the studio and the network, to do the crossover differently than we did this past year. In part because I honestly don't know how we top it. And also because the level of ambition was so high that it affects a lot of different things. It affects schedules. It affects casts. It affects budgets. We haven't talked any specifics, but we have talked about a general agreement of thinking outside the box and doing something a little differently than what we've done in the past. What that is, I have no idea. None of us really know. My preference, actually, would be to start talking about it sooner rather than later because it really is like doing... I know there's now five shows along with Black Lightning. That's not to say that Black Lightning is a part of the Arrowverse. That's above my pay grade. But I will say whether you consider it four shows or five shows, doing the crossover is like doing a fifth or sixth show. And getting out as far ahead of it as possible is always good. All fair, Mark. All fair. Uh, I continue to think it's, you know, kind of funny that you guys dance around this Black Lightning not being a part of the thing. But whatever. Yeah. I, I get that it's a huge undertaking, um, but I got to admit, like, is, I, I think they did a great job with this crossover. I enjoyed the crap out of it, but I don't know if you have to break that format and do something new. 
I think I would actually just be okay if there was another good reason for all those heroes to be on the same screen again. I think I would be okay with that. You know, I people won't understand where I'm coming from on this, and it'll hurt my credibility a lot. Mm-hmm. But one of my favorite X-Men issues was an issue where they were all just hanging out and eating pancakes. <laughs> they were having breakfast, and like they, they were like fun character interactions where they were just talking and joking around. Iceman froze beasts, uh, pancakes, you know, as a prank, mm-hmm. you know, like Wolverine and Xavier out are on the stoop and it's raining. Uh, and they're just having a conversation, you know, dark conversation about some shit that had just gone down. But, uh, I, I like those little moments and like my favorite parts of the, of the last crossover of both crossovers were when everyone was just hanging out and talking. Like, I think my, maybe one of my favorite parts of Earth X was just the conversation where Barry, it ends with Barry turning around and seeing Oliver walk out of the dressing cubicle and go, damn. Yeah. Um, I mean, I just, I like that interaction. I don't need like a big, like special effects thing. I'm okay. Just, you know, watching those cats hang out and talk and like, they should just do like a superhero summit, you know? Yeah. I, I, I actually understand entirely. Like, I don't want to just see the characters separated in a way that's, kind of a false crossover because that's what I'm mostly worried about because it's CW and they mm-hmm. do that shit. They've done it to us this season, even after learning their own lessons. Like they do that shit to you. Yeah. So I, I, I mean, I would really like it to be a genuine crossover, but that would be nice. I would actually like to see a few more character moments that don't have to end in, you know, somebody kicking somebody else. That, that'd be fine. Um, yeah. I understand if people just want to see like a battle Royale, but like if anything, Two things occur to me. One, a civil war of some kind uh-huh. might be fun. Mm-hmm. But then you'd have to have some deeply involved storylines, or I'm just going to call it like a civil war ripoff. Like that, ha- that would have to be you, oh. extremely organic for it to be. You know, you know, it'd be cool mm-hmm. is if they just did if they did a, a mind uh, a mind control episode where they all have to fight Martian Manhunter and Superman. Yep, you lost me at mind control episode. I don't care. Fuck that. Don't care. They're like the two powerhouses. I I mean, I understand the power (laughs) levels, but nope, don't care, not interested. Out. But I kind of like more the idea of, um, like, what if you pitched it as this, like, for the first, let's say it's four episodes again. Uh And what if, like, for the first two episodes, there's a lot of personal goings on, but, like, as as a premise that's established in the first ten minutes, first five minutes even, of the first episode of this crossover... You kind of say like we're not like we're not fighting. Nothing's going on. That's the premise: is that there is nothing going on. There's no reason to like we have everything under control for a minute, and then you deal with everyone's personal issues for you know a couple episodes, and then somewhere in episode three of four, it's more of a like a rapid escalation into oh crap, and then episode four you actually see everybody suit up. But in uh-huh. that case, you'd have gotten seventy five percent of that would have been the stuff you were talking about. Yeah, except I'm out because you're a meanie head. <laughs> Personal transgressions aside, <laughs> I think I, I think I could get behind your idea. Is what I'm saying. I'm trying to be supportive, uh-huh. meanie head. Uh huh. It's not what my heart tells me, Jason. Uh huh. Uh huh. <laughs> All right. Well, we were just joking around, so this seems a little weird to get into. But uh, Melissa Benoist was talking about the Andrew Kreisberg aftermath. Uh-huh. Um, you know, cause he was the EP and he got dismissed over sexual harassment yeah. allegations. And, uh, Benoit says that was a major disappointment. The show has recovered as a cast and a crew together. 
We have an atmosphere on set now that I'm extremely proud of. There are a lot of amazing men that work on our show, and we have a lot of amazing women in powerful positions on our show as well. We're all in the fight for equality and for a safer atmosphere in the working place or working space. Um, all right. Sounds cool. great. I genuinely hope that's actually working as well as she described. Yeah, me too. Don't know what else I can say about it. Yeah. Uh, Jesse Rath responded to uh, the makeup backlash. You know, I don't think I, I, I talked about it on our, on your, yours and eyes, or how do I say that? Mine and yours, <laughs> whatever our version of the show last week, but mm. I didn't, I don't think I talked about it too much on, on the Matt version mm. that actually made it to air. Um, I hate the Brainiac five makeup. It was terrible. And apparently there's been a lot of backlash. Jesse I mean, Rath, who was be... absolutely terrible. It looked like someone yeah. ran over a character from avatar. And they propped the roadkill up in a wheelchair. I just thought it looked like a, a shoddily done Andorian. Also good. But uh, Jesse Rath, who's uh, taking the role of Brainiac 5, uh, says, I get better looking throughout the episode. I promise. Just wait till I start talking. I'll, I'll grow on you. That's fine. But I'm, I'm still going to take away points from whoever made that trailer and chose that shot. <laughs> uh-huh. I hope he's right. Yeah. Now... <clears throat> The uh, synopsis for the January 30th episode of The Flash, Honey, I Shrunk Team Flash, is saying that Cecile will be getting mind-reading abilities uh, for a minute due to her pregnancy. That is the stupidest idea. It's like the dumbest thing I've ever heard. I don't know how that's supposed to work, but it's Flash. I'm just going to give him a... It It might be great in execution, but it sounds so dumb. That's what The Flash does, man. Mm-hmm. So it looks like uh, Hyrax... Might be coming to the Flash. Sounds like Hyrax. Veronica Dale, mid-20s to 30s female, an environmental activist, Mm -hmm. back when she was still sane, turned animal liberator, turned domestic terrorist, who's the leader of the Eden Corps, a cult-like organization that proposes to turn back the clock to a pre-industrial age, and if millions of innocent people have to die in in the process, well, that's just tough. Large principle. Um, yeah, sounds like Hyrax. It does. I'm not the biggest fan of those types of characters. Don't really care. Maybe it'll be interesting. That's that's about where I am with it. <laughs> I, I feel like we're being like really down on it, but no, I mean, I that's because we are. Really hope they do something with it. I just <laughs> not a huge fan usually of the you know fuck everything. This is the way I want the world kind of character. Sometimes, yeah. Well, eh, you know, it, like anything else, though. It I, well, if if I'll step back, that comment is. Not meta enough. Every villain wants the world the way they see it. Every hero wants the way the, uh-huh. world, the, the way the world the way they see it. Just give me some good motivations, and I'll be fine. I mean, my favorite version of that tends to be when Superman loses Lois and like goes nuts and sure takes over the world. Oh yeah, but but that's a wonderful extreme. That's why I like Superman so much, is because he's a wonderful extreme of human capacity. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Yeah, like like anything else that may have appeared on the Flash, it might sound crazy, but. Just give me a good version, and I'm I'm down. Motivate the characters mm-hmm. correctly, and I am with you. Yeah. Now, uh, over to Black Lightning. According to Mark Pedowitz, CW president, Black Lightning has always been intended to be different from the rest of the CW shows. Pedowitz says, I've wanted to be in business with Fox for many, many, many years. It stems back to my days at ABC Studios. With Black Lightning, Fox had the pilot, and they passed on it. So Salim and Mara came in and said, this is what we have. It was different from all of our other superhero shows, and it was never designed to be a part of the Arrowverse. Uh, 
co-runner Salim Akil also chimed in. I say this with all due respect, but they're not really relevant to the show that we're doing. (laughs) The great thing about Warner Brothers and CW allowed us to do was create our own world. We really wanted folk to get to know this family before we started branching out. Uh, Akil did confirm, though, that he had on occasion wondered what Earth uh, Black Lightning exists on. And, you know, they Black Lightning was on the um, little teaser they did. Yeah. Where they um, suiting up had everybody in the suiting up. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. he's like, oh, you guys are going to wait for the new guy to charge or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, I don't see that zombie in there. That bastard's going to be part of the, right. part of the Arrowverse. Yeah. <laughs> Although iZombie's <laughs> so far in that, like, their big problem is zombies, and uh-huh. the rest of the CW's version of a problem is super people. So, like, I, I think they're completely incompatible at this point. There, I don't think there's a crossover Probably, potential. Yeah. Unless you just pick, like, a random Earth out of the woodworks and say, well, you know, I'm Earth 22 or whatever. Yeah. Well, we're on Earth 33. We haven't had a pro- We haven't had a crossover yet. Are we 33? According to Grant Morrison, the real world is Earth 33. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, if Grant says I so, usually, I'm down. I'm good with that. I usually go along with whatever Grant says. Yeah, I'm fine. <laughs> and like, it, uh, I know it's confirmation bias, but if you just don't agree with him, just take enough LSD and think about it long enough, you'll agree with Grant Morrison. Either that, or it won't matter. Which means you will agree with him. I, I'm. It. This all comes back to like, eventually he will fall in line. That's probably true. Uh, Over to Legends of Tomorrow. uh the CW president hints about Wally and Legends. He says that, uh, this is Mark Pedowitz again. When asked about Firestorm's exit on Legends, he says, you might see Wally West show up on Legends. Uh, they asked if the change would be permanent. He says, you'll have to watch. I don't have to, Mark. I mean, we will, but come on, we dude. We will. Oh, hi, Mark. Come on, Mark. Just tell us you're still working it out. That's right. You're not, you're not a circus performer. <laughs> you're not working a street corner. Just tell us things. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what you're getting at, but all right. <laughs> I'm not, not on board. He's Jason. not a purveyor of cheap tricks. He can. He can afford to just tell us things without without wow. being like, "You'll have to see." You know. <laughs> What's under the hat? <laughs> What's under the hat? Yep. <laughs> that's what street performers do. Who's okay. speaking that voice? Well, it's under the hat. Oh. Yeah, that's what that's... Oh, I thought I thought a street performer... I thought you were saying street performer as in, like, a nice way of saying prostitute. No. No, no, no. All right. I was thinking more like three-card money or, like, the guy that pretends oh. to be a magician, but okay. then he gives you a hat and is like, why are you walking away with my $20 hat? I kind of crap. I'm thinking <laughs> a cheap scam artist seen... is what I'm thinking. Uh, <laughs> a scallywink, the same... Dave. A scallywink. Uh, I don't... I don't think we've seen the same street magicians. <laughs> I think you may have just like stolen a guy's hat. <laughs> yeah. But I promise you, you walk through the streets of New York and you'll be offered a hat that will have consequences. And like that's I have no doubt. That's that's the image I had when he said it like that. I was like, "Come on, dude! You're not like you're not hustling. <laughs> you're not. That's not what you're doing. Just say things." <coughs> I'll think of you if I ever get a consequential hat offer. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I'll hear music in my head. Like, hey, hey, sir, would you like a hat? Dun dun dun. 
You're going to walk up to some guy in New York City. He's going to say, like, hey, man, hey, man, you want a free hat? And you're going to be like, cool, that sounds fantastic. Yeah. The top of my head is cold. And then you're going to take that, and then you're going to try to walk away, and, and, like, three of his brothers are just going to walk up on the side of you and be like, yeah, did you just take his hat? And you're going to be like, hold on, I need to call my lawyer. And you're going to call me, and I'm going to be like, okay, what's happened here is you've walked into a hustle. Ah. Uh. I would say return the hat, but they don't give a damn about the hat. The hat cost them $3. Also, the hat was stolen, so it cost them not $3. Uh-huh. They want your $25. And I know me. Please I'll just be trying bit. to work it out. <laughs> Please give them I'll that $25 be... at your I'll just be... earliest convenience so that I may continue to have a co-host. I will be trying to work it out in my head what I'm supposed to do, but because I'm me... All I'll be hearing is, Jason said there'd be days like this, there'd be days like this, Jason said, Jason said, Jason said. Yep. Yep. Well, and now, now that we dead. have a game plan, I- I'm sorry all of our listeners had to, like, <laughs> sit there and worry about what you would do in that situation, but I'm I'm personally glad we have it worked out. Right, me too. Feels good. Yeah. I'll stop ignoring uh, your So, <laughs> Constantine... The animated Constantine will apparently be pretty dark. Uh, Executive Vice President Peter uh, something, Girardi, maybe? Uh, It's been well noted that we get these things wrong. uh, It has. He says, moving forward, Constantine was a great example, as well, because the Constantine that we're doing is Constantine, if you're familiar with the character. It's Constantine from the Vertigo comic. It's dark, darker than the show. It could be darker than the show, but it better damn well be better than Vixen or the Ray. Uh, preach, brother. I mean, and I'm you know the, little... the worst thing I'm going to do is give it a shitty response on on our podcast. We're going to give a really negative review, just like we did with the Ray and Vixen. And Vixen, yeah. Uh, honestly, like it just kind of. <laughs> what have we seen? The Predator has no teeth, y'all. <laughs> We've seen like two and a half minutes of this so far. Uh huh. They weren't a bad two and a half minutes. No, they weren't. If that's the level they keep it at, I'll I'll feel pretty appreciative that that's what I got. Right. Like I just wonder if they like, they like constructed that two minutes and then like everything else is just a mighty unraveling. Right. It's just. Oh it's yeah. Like, oh. No, I'm deeply worried that that oh. was the really interesting part, and everything else is going to be around it. But we'll see. Right. Alrighty. So uh, Jeff Johns is is hinting at hint at Hitman. The Hitman is hinting at Hitman. I understand. They were specifically asked about the DC character Hitman. And uh, Jeff Johns says, after uh, some hemming and hawing, he says, we are talking about Hitman. Now, Hitman's a uh, a vet who becomes a Hitman after getting uh, bitten by an alien parasite. And he has he discovers he has a bunch of, of abilities like telepathy and x-ray vision. And he decides to combine those with his uh, expertise as a soldier. Mm-hmm. And uh, well, starts making a profit... Uh, Killing people with abilities, killing meadows. So that's the thing. Mm-hmm. For fun, it's a fun character. Sure. Um, Apparently, he's I, still I, very sought after in the uh, in I the community. Seem to I seem to remember a great cameo where uh, in Grant Morrison's JLA run, they were holding uh, they were holding JLA auditions and like just an angry hitman leaving. He's like, "Fine, I don't want to be a part of the Justice League anyway." They're like, "You're a murderer." <laughs> Like, you I don't never remember exactly control. what was going on, but it was just, it was funny. All right. I, I would watch the hell out of a Hitman show, though, I would. for real. No, I, I, I have very, very scant memories of his background, but he does. He sounds like a cool character. 
But at the same time, it's just kind of a thing that's like, yeah, we talked about it. We'll see. Yeah. All right. So, uh, <clears throat> onto a thing. Like, I'm actually way more excited about the Hitman show than I am about Krypton. Actually, a lot of the stuff this week got me excited about Krypton. Really? Yeah. Well. Go forward. Oh, no. Go forward, good sir. Uh, Jeff Johns explained some Adam Strange on Krypton. Get you some Strange. Mm -hmm. Some Adam Strange. Absolutely. Uh, um, He says, one of the great things about Adam Strange is that his core story is that on Earth, he just kind of blends in. He's an average man. But when he travels via this Zeta Beam to another planet like Ron, he becomes this hero. He finds the hero within him. And so that conceit... And the Zeta Beam technology plays into why Adam Strange specifically is able to travel from Earth present day to the past in Krypton. He's an unlikely hero. He's the unlikely choice to shoulder this burden of, burden of trying to stop someone from the present from destroying Superman's legacy. Uh, and the new trailer for Krypton has a first look at Adam Strange if you're interested. Um, I, I mean, I, I like his explanation. Yeah. Kind of made me a uh, little bit excited. Yeah. Man, I think you were previously excited about like seeing Adam Strange. I I am still excited about Adam Strange, but I want to see Adam Strange. I don't want to see Adam Strange comes to Krypton. I want to see Adam Strange, the Adam Strange Guardian conflict like, kind of thing. And I want it a very specific way. You know what I mean? You, like I want it like old style retro sci-fi, <laughs> like Jetsons like, jetpack kind of crap. Yeah, like Sky Captain in the World Tomorrow type stuff. I got you know. You. I don't think you're going to get that, um, but you, I know. Hopefully, we'll I get a very get human character in a very strange place, which it, yeah. is kind of the heart of it. So, yeah, you'll get close. Uh, now, David Goyer is claiming that Krypton will skew a, clo- a bit closer to canon uh, than some of the other DC properties properties we're familiar with. Um, I mean, he also said uh, that at the TCA that the Omega Men and Green Lantern could show up. He says the deal with the show is it's kind of this gateway into the DC science fiction universe. Because also the Phantom Zone figures into this show, it means that we can delve into other times and planets eventually. Any of these characters could eventually show up, uh, said Jeff Johns. Mm. So that's uh, kind of the only thing that would make me care, um, probably. I like the idea that they're going to delve into kind of a sci-fi bent, which mm-hmm. is fitting given where they're airing. Yeah. But again, I got to see how this goes. Yeah. Now, Goyer says that they even have a seven to eight year plan on Krypton. Yeah. He says, this is an untold story and time travel is involved. History could be changed and what happens in the story can be very different from the backstory people know. I feel like that is both an empty promise and accurate. If we (laughs) take into account like every DC TV show that's ever happened. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, there's nothing, almost nothing that happened on Smallville coincided with anything on in the comics ever it was um, it was you know. rare but the nice thing about smallville was it took it into a different place like my biggest problem with that is that there is so little focus i i know there's a lot of canon out there uh-huh. for what happens on krypton i like i know there is a story out there that has been told about you know the days when Krypton was was fine, and the days when it was not going to be, and everything before we ever had Kal-el. I get, it. but it's not like the most important part of the canon of DC Comics. So uh-huh. what cracks me up is that like he's like, oh, we're gonna stay really true to the comics, and like this tiny little faction where I'm sure there are a lot of people who care deeply about it, but for the most part, it's like, yeah, we're gonna stay true to the comics, and this tiny part of comics that you'd have to find like a 
university library to check up on the comic itself to see mm-hmm. if it was accurate. Because no one knows! Whereas, like, we've got a CW-verse where the stuff that's, you know, here and there, it's, you know, kind of kind of close sometimes, kind of way off others. It gives and yeah. it takes. <laughs> we don't know. It gives and it takes. Like, staying true to the comics isn't necessarily always the greatest thing. That's fine. Right. Like you can tweak things. And some stories are better told in that format than they are on a television format or a movie format. And they, like, you can adapt things. But, like, to say, like, yeah, we're going to stay really true to the comics for a thing where no one knows them, it, mm-hmm. it just seems silly. I always, I like, I already feel bad about saying, like, no one. Obviously, some people know them intimately. Mm-hmm. But it's not part of, like, the huge. <laughs> All right. After Man of Still, a lot of people could name Jarrell. Yeah. How many people do you think could name his grandfather? Kellel's grandfather. I couldn't have. Couldn't do it right now. Mark Wade could. Could I mean, not do it right L, but only because of Krypton. Yep. <laughs> All right. That cracked Oh, uh, man. Sure. I see it. I, you know, when I read it, I was like, what canon? I, <laughs> I know it's out there. Krypton's exploded. I, do, but, I mean, I know there were there were books. Yeah. I was just, I've never been interested in Krypton very much. Before the explosion that created the character that you really care look, about? True. Yeah, look. You know, and that's primarily because everything, every story I've ever read that was based on Krypton was is a lot like the uh, the scenes from Supergirl that's based in Krypton, where it's just like this is the most boring thing I've ever seen. Well, I, I, I mean, every now and then there's a really nice scene about someone trying to get out of Dodge. Well, sure, absolutely. But like in, nice, in Justice like, Two, actually had a really great scene of like Kara trying to get out of Krypton. Uh huh. That was really pretty fantastic. Yeah, there's occasionally something like that, but most of it's sort of like. But when you we're if going you to condense that down, it's like, like hey, your entire planet is exploding, and you're trying to escape. Like, how do you not make that a good scene? That's just Die Hard. I don't part know. Well, S Supergirl. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like that is like you have you know Laura Bernanti, a, a Bernanti, like verily, daughter, you shall follow thine cousin. And verily upon thine... I mean, I don't think they actually said that kind of stuff, but it's not, it was so just, so stilted. They might have said verily here and there. <laughs> you think? They might have pitched the word verily. Well, you think it may have been like the Brana, the Brana Thor before they like decided to contemporize it uh, all? I, I don't know. <laughs> uh, it's possible. I don't know. I like saying verily. Uh, I, I don't know. It, like, it's one of the things that bothers me about Kryptonian speak on Supergirl is like it feels like the book all of them most recently read was the like King James version of the Bible. Mm-hmm. It's really distracting and doesn't make any sense. Yeah, or minimally Canterbury Tales. <laughs> I feel like the the King James Bible is probably the 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 favorite iteration by proctologists everywhere because verily it came to pass. <laughs> <laughs> I want to point out that there's some proctology in the Canterbury Tales, too, and it is not pleasant. <laughs> Moving along. Chaucer had an evil mind. <laughs> <clears throat> Over to HBO and the Watchmen. Uh, HBO President Casey Bloys says he... Re- <laughs> Seriously, you guys got to change your names. 
I can't keep doing yeah, this. We just we need a bunch of Smiths. <laughs> Everyone needs to be a Smith. We can pronounce that. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, Smith or Jones says he. Call. Right. Says he recently took a look at the Watchmen TV pilot script. He seems pretty excited. He says, "I've read the script. It's amazing. I'm thrilled. I imagine we'll shoot that this year." You know, I'm down. Let's do this. Yeah. I'm not excited about it. I'm just kind of here. But if it's really good, I'll dig it. I'll dig it so much. Like, you know, I'm open is what I'm saying. Like, I'm not like chomping at the bit to see it, but I'm open as hell. I kind of, um, I, I, I'm not that excited to see it. Like, I'm not counting down the days mentally or something. Mm-hmm. Because that's not an option right now. But honestly, I, 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 I how do I put this? The material that he's working from is so good that I am super excited about seeing whatever version comes out of it. Yeah. Because, like, the the Watchmen concept, the Watchmen execution, everything in that damn book is so good that mm-hmm. it honestly feels really hard to fuck up. I mean, we'll see. We will see. I mean, you can. There's, like, there was a lot that they couldn't fit into the movie. Sure. but And then they wound up fitting a lot of that into the movie in the Ultimate Edition, which is... Awesome. Fucking it's but, so so good. And <laughs> even when the stuff with the pirate gets a little distracting, it's still really good. <laughs> I you know, Tales of the Black Freighter is one thing I could really do without. I get it. I just could really do without it. I, well I was fine with it. I was I uh, I'm good. Alright. Now uh animated films mm-hmm. they're doing the incontinuity in the in the DC uh, universe, animated continuity, uh, continuity, continuity mm-hmm. uh, the R-rated Suicide Squad, Hell to Pay. Now it is uh, rated R for strong, bloody violence throughout, sexual content, brief graphic nudity, brief graphic nudity, really, and some drug material. <laughs> they released a. Uh, they released. The cast listing. It's a pretty impressive cast. I, By the way, I want to guess that right now, brief graphic nudity is a butt crack. I don't know. Just want to guess that. I don't know. I don't know what brief graphic nudity means. I don't know if it means a dick. I'm going to go with you know. butt crack. Okay. We'll see. We will see. That's my official dollar bet. Because I'll watch it. <laughs> I mean, we've got Christian Slater as Deadshot, man. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Tara Strong as Harley Quinn. Vanessa Williams as Amanda Waller. Uh, you know, they've got a bunch of other people here I don't really know. Greg Grunberg as Maxim Steele. Mm-hmm. I mean, but look at the... Okay. Matthew Mercer. I know him as, like, you know, bad Green Arrow from mm-hmm. the Earth-X, you know? Right. He's playing Savage Gunman. Now, look. let's look at some of these other characters, though. We've got Deadshot, Bronze Tiger, Captain Boomerang, Killer Frost, Copperhead... Harley Quinn, Amanda Waller, Zoom, who is C. Thomas Howell, by the way, which is mm-hmm. the same character that he was the same guy that played Zoom in Flashpoint. Uh, S- Scandal Savage, Vandal Savage, Professor Pig, Silver Br- Banshee, Vertigo, Maxim Steel, Blockbuster, and Tobias Whale, Knockout, Dharma, Punch, Harvey Dent, and Two Face, and Savage Gunman. That's a huge list of people for this movie. Yeah, that's a. That's a lot. It's going to come out sometime is, in 2018. Yeah. I'm down. Yeah, Suicide Squad. That. Hell to pay, y'all. Hell to pay. Mm-hmm. 
I'm gonna say a little more, a little more country, a little more southern. Hell to pay, y'all. Hell to pay, yeah. It's like you were raised for that moment. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I was proud of you. All right. Uh, you shouldn't be. Bruce Tim spoke with comicbook.com uh, during a Q&A at the premiere of uh, Gotham by Gaslight and revealed that the Elseworlds story he'd most like to tackle next is Superman Red Sun. Oh, hell yes. Please. Except Please. don't have so much fucking. Right. Can we, like, just have, like, you know, Superman hanging out with Diana, uh, you know, why don't you put the whole world in a bottle of Superman from Lois without their nipples poking out of every garment they're wearing? Yes. Can we... I just, like, I would love <sighs> for this visual style and even, honestly, everything about the way... The Timbers tell stories. I would love for them to tackle Red Sun. Except can mm-hmm. we please leave all the sexualization out of it? There's no need for it in this story. It's not. <clears throat> and it is an incredibly powerful story without any animated people boning each other. Please. Yeah. I, this is a public plea from me. Yeah. Please, Bruce Tim. Stop boning please. animated characters. No one needs to have a revelation by you know, seeing Wonder Woman go down on Superman. Like, no... Not going to be useful here. Just tell the damn story, man. Yeah, yeah. Stalin getting tied up by Harley Quinn is not something I want to see. But it feels possible now. It... <laughs> it does. Please, man. Just just tell the story. Just tell the Please. story. It's so good. <laughs> just make it happen. Green Lantern Marine Corps. Let's just do that. <sighs> yeah. All right. So, Teen Titans go to the movies. Mm-hmm. They put out a trailer. Uh, most DC fans on the on the internet, on the interwebs, seem pretty divided about Teen Titans Go anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't watch it regularly, but I find it, you know, annoying sometimes. Sometimes delightfully juvenile. Um, and then also sometimes, you know, surprisingly clever and biting. Um Oh, it bounces you know, between. One so. of their, re- yeah, one of their recurring bits is like going up to like having like their little like uh, entertainment center and the shelves around it in in their in their uh, compound. Sure. And there's a uh, there's an urn that says Robin Two and a crowbar beside it that mm-hmm. cracks me up every time I see it. Obviously. Um, they have a lot of little like you know clever but mean little jabs at other DC properties and stuff. And uh, this trailer was about half and half for me. It kind of pretty well, like, in a very short amount of time, <laughs> pretty accurately described how I feel about the show. Mm-hmm. To where it's like, like okay, that's funny stuff because they're, they're getting their own movie and they're all dressed up like Wonder Woman. <laughs> and they're like, we love Wonder Woman! <laughs> 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 but then they, they like, you know, it's like, you know, the, the superhero movie to end all superhero movies, hopefully. You know, and they're making the giant creature fart, and he's like, it wasn't a fart, and they're like, air came out of my butt, and he's like, that's a fart. All right. You just you named know. the reason that I'm not super interested in Teen Titans Go. Yeah, but, um, you know, <laughs> I'll see it. <laughs> I, I Honestly, I'll, I'll never get around to this. <clears throat> I will see Teen Titans Go eventually, and I will watch that movie eventually. I absolutely will. I've watched I'm one not episode, a- and it was that cyborg thing about uh, something about the night. The night begins to shine, I think. Mm. Where it's like his favorite song, and they keep getting on to him for 
every time there's like a hype moment, he plays his song or just in his downtime, he like plays his song and it's like the night begins to shine. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I've watched like one episode and it was basically because that song confused me in a way that was funny. And there's like a weird backstory to that song where it was just some thing that someone recorded that they never thought about again. And then it showed up on Teen Titans and they go, okay, all right, I guess that's the thing now. That's funny. No, I I haven't seen that episode. I, like I said, I don't watch it regularly or anything. I don't. um, I just kind of ran across that story somewhere and, and watched the episode and yeah. It was what it was, but I I think the title is The Night Begins to Shine. Yeah. But, you know, after the fart joke in the trailer, they do the thing, because even if Aquaman has a movie, like, they have to, you know, that was funny, like, (laughs) because if Aquaman has a movie, they have to as well, or whatever it was. Mm -hmm. And and then you just see them with these, like, like, just stupid grins on their faces. Like, I don't know. I, parts of it I thought was really funny, and then, you know, it's like the show. Yeah. It's very hit or miss for me, but I've I honestly spent about forty five minutes with it total in my mm-hmm. entire lifetime. I don't know. I'll get around to it. Like one of the really clever things they did was on the show was a uh, I can't remember who it was, but some villain who sort of um, threatened to like have them start over or something and or reboot them or something like that. And they were like, "Oh, you can't do that. You don't have the power to like completely change realities." Like actually, it's already happened. And he like shows them the entire series of Teen Titans. And then it, like, cuts to, like, the final episode and how it ends on a cliffhanger. And they're like, that can't be the final episode. We have to know what happens. He... <laughs> I actually do remember seeing. A, That's like, really a, clever and a, like funny. A, That's good. I remember seeing a headline that that was what would happen. And, uh, yeah, I, that was funny. Yeah. But as a headline, I was, I just don't want to go back and experience the entire thing. I don't I don't care quite enough. I'm sorry. I, it's okay, man. It's okay. I feel like I've failed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you can't win every time. But it, I don't actually care enough to go back for that one. Sorry. It's okay. May I call? I'm not. I'm not. I'm not judging you. Yeah, I appreciate that. I'm. I'm not saying our listeners shouldn't. I appreciate you uh, trying to calm my concerns while inciting violence against me. <laughs> I would never incite violence. You don't know what the internet is capable of, man. Um. Yeah, I mean, I would never incite violence. Like, don't don't do anything bad to Jason. If you'd like to send him emails, DC mm. on screen, care of Jason Goss. <laughs> you can tweet. Yeah, you can tweet. You can tweet us, and you know. And there's like he'll a decide to stop tweeting that I'll actually catch it. <laughs> right. No, uh, you know, honestly, it's kind of fine. I'm I'm open to it. You're not. That sounds like the DC fan base. Period. Really? I mean, yeah. every time Teen Titans Go is mentioned on fa- uh, Facebook, social media, anywhere, there's always, like, several jackasses who aren't even sorry about it. They're like, it's bullshit, it's terrible, it's the worst thing that's ever happened, it's ruining the characters. And I'm like, except it's, it's getting a whole lot of kids. It, it, like, I am by no means on that side of the spectrum. Yeah, so you really shouldn't be that that, that sorry, you know? Yeah, I just know so many people are into it that I kind of feel bad yeah. when I'm not. But that'll happen from time to time. What are you going to do? Yeah. I mean, you know, the creators are into it, so who cares, right? Right. I and I mean, like, the Teen Titans creators, like, from the comics. Not the show, but whatever. Yeah. Of course, they probably just like to check, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if they're getting a check, but <clears throat> I th- DC's usually are pretty good about that, so. These days, right. anyway. <laughs> I'm sorry, Bill. Um, and Joel. And Jerry. Right? Um, 
We're not going down that path. It makes me sad. <laughs> I'll seriously start crying. Like I start thinking about like how they couldn't even go. They couldn't even afford to go see like the stage show of Superman. Oh my gosh! No, no, I can't I do it. Yeah, that's anyway. a legitimately like tear worthy portion of the history of the stuff we love. I know. Yeah, it, hurt, it actually hurts me to think about that one. Yeah. All right, folks. Uh, I think we're going to call it a day on this podcast. Uh, we are DC On Screen. You can find every episode for free, I should say, on DCOnScreen.com. Uh, we tweet at uh, DC On Screen. I personally tweet at David C. Robertson. Jason sometimes tweets at DC On Screen whenever he feels like it. We're also available on, uh, you can also find us on. When I get around to it, I'm trying. Yeah, I know. Dude, no judgment. God, you're so, like, defensive today. (laughs) We're also on Facebook, DC On Screen. And, um, you know, go and if you think we we do a good job, if you like our show, if you enjoy listening to us, uh, go give us a good five star or, you know, at least a positively starred rating over on iTunes. It really does help us uh, get discovered a whole lot. Um, And um, we recently did a, or I recently did a crossover with the DC Cinematic Minute. And uh, it was a a lot of fun. We we covered about five minutes and those will be... uh, spread out over five episodes sometime in February. And I won't mention it again until it actually starts dropping, but just to let you guys know in case you want to go and check them out and listen to what they're saying. And so you'll be prepared for when I come on, they, they review, they do about 20, 25 minutes uh, for each individual minute of uh, Batman v Superman. And then we'll do suicide squad afterward and so on and so forth. But um, yeah, that's all the things. And we'll be coming back next week with a bunch of, uh, you know, reviews about, uh, for the, uh, about reviews for the, uh, mid season premieres of a bunch of shows. Yeah. Uh, a few days. Yeah. The CW is coming back strong, so we'll be here soon. Yep. Yep. Uh, until next time, guys, keep some DC on your screen. Our opening narration was from Dan Jurgens' The History of the DC Universe, Part 3 of 10, as featured in DC 52, Week 4. It was performed by me, David C. Robertson. Intro music by Jason Goss and Michael Shackelford. Michael's band, Future Elevators, could be found on Spotify or future-elevators.com. Our introduction was performed by F.E. Ophelders of the fantastic podcast Stealing the Remote, which lives on SoundCloud. It can also be found on iTunes and Stitcher. We are proudly in partnership with TV Time, TV show calendar and social media site that lets you keep track of what you're watching, what your friends are watching, and where you all left off. DC On Screen is a maladjusted production. Visit maladjusted.tv for more from me and Jason, including sketch comedy, an improvised web series, vlogs, parodies, and more.